If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, well, you are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook, yes, yes, Facebook. I don't know, will they take us down the week before the election? Who knows? I'm not going to let any political ads run the week before week of the election or the week before prior to the election. Facebook.com slash Todd Huff show is where we are there as well. And look, I want to contrast last night. I watched a little bit of president Trump in Pennsylvania and it just, it's, it's such a contrast in styles between the Democrat nominee and the Republican well, the current president, which, of course, the left still can't bring themselves to say that he's our president. But not only the uh, – well, to, just to compare and con- to, to contrast their styles and to compare and to contrast what we're about to witness. Now, last night – or yesterday, I should say – Biden was in Kenosha, Wisconsin. This, of course, is where uh, Jacob – Blake was shot. We've talked about that several times on this program. You've probably read and seen things about that situation in uh, the news as well. And so Biden decided eventually to go there, as others have (laughs) jokingly said, following the lead of Trump. Remember, Biden first, uh, there was just back and forth. They weren't sure if they were going to do these things. In the backs of their minds, this is 100% true. This is absolutely unequivocally the case. The advisors and the people who are making the decisions for the Biden campaign are asking themselves, should we trot our candidate out there? He's got to look like a leader. He's got to look strong. He's got to look like he's relevant. Trump was there. You know, even when the governor asked him not to go there. By the way, state is still standing after President Trump shows up in your state, Governor Governor Evers. So anyway, Trump shows up uh, shows up in Pennsylvania yesterday, has a rally, has one of these things. This he's just in he's in his element. He's he's in his element. He knows how to poke and to prod the media. He knows how to get attention onto the things he wants to talk about. He knows how to uh, to to highlight. The fake news, as he points out, which he did last night as well, which I 
I always find when, when I watch this with my wife, I, I laugh because I, I say, this is my, this is my favorite part. This is, this is the part that I love the most. And I know it makes some people, I don't know, squeamish or uncomfortable or whatever, whatever, you know, just doesn't make them comfortable. It's not presidential, but we're folks, we are in a, we're in a cultural sort of, we're in a cultural a culture war. We are in that uh, there is a a war, an ideological war being waged in this country. And one of the reasons that the left advances their cause more than conservatives are able to advance their cause in, in some circles, in some instances, is because of the power of the media, those who are helping further the cause, the narrative, and so forth of of the radical left. And so Trump calls these jokers out. Trump exposes them for who they are. The, he's right. These folks, as I've said on here, that the term, the descriptor that I have is that they are professional deceivers. They are paid. They, they earn a living based upon how much they can deceive you. There is no journalism left. I mean, there's some, as Trump pointed out last night, maybe 10%. <laughs> oh, I love it. I think part of the reason I love it is because I had the pleasure, and I've shared this on, I won't, I won't go into a lot of detail, but I had the good pleasure when Trump came here in, and I've got to pause, I think it was probably April of last year, 2019, I'd have to look, Let's see if my, I used to have the credentials back here somewhere, but I was able to get a media pass for the NRA convention in Indianapolis, and I remember being in that press pit, or whatever you want to call it, whenever Trump was on stage and he pointed, pointed to the pit that we were in, and he said, these folks here, very, very deceiving people, very bad folks. Some of them good, not most of them. I found this highly entertaining. And to see it from that perspective, to hear the president of the United States, and then to hear that crowd of, I don't know how many 10, 15, I don't remember how many were there, but there were many thousands <clears throat> to, to kind of feel the the boo that came after Trump said that <laughs> from, from the crowd is a pretty, I mean, it's it just a, an interesting perspective to see it from. And so I love it. Now, I'll tell you that I noticed when I was in there, when, when Trump did this, half the, I would say three quarters of the media wasn't even paying any attention they weren't they were busy you know getting their camera angles and working i mean there's a lot going on in there so i don't even know that they really heard paid attention to cared what he was saying but i remember thinking as the crowd was booing like you can definitely feel the crowd does not appreciate the things that this group of people these professional deceivers of which i was simply there because of the past i'm not i'm not uh one of them <laughs> so but i you could feel the displeasure the crowd had with the the media but you didn't feel there was no like it wasn't threatening the media sometimes acts like jim acosta and people act like they're a half second away from getting beaten down by someone out there that wasn't the feeling at all it just was they didn't appreciate the media and trump was calling them out and it was kind of part of the uh the shtick and and there you go so Anyway, I love when Trump when Trump does that. He did that last night. And I just compare and contrast this. Compare and contrast this to Biden, who's out in Kenosha. Now, keep in mind, Kenosha 
Trump's in, in Biden's home state. I mean, Biden's from Delaware, but Biden wants everyone to believe he's, you know, just a, a tough kid from Scranton, right? He's a tough kid from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton's near and dear to me because it's the home of Michael Scott and the office, Dunder Mifflin. But Biden out there acting like, you know, this is his home turf. He's got two home states almost. That's kind of how, of course, he wants it to feel for people in Pennsylvania so that he can win that state, which is going to be a, a I mean, it's, it's a battleground state. So Trump shows up, steps off of Air Force Two. My son pointed that out. Air Force Two, dad, wife, President Trump flying in Air Force Two. And I said, well, he flies on Air Force One. No, dad. My, my son knows virtually everything about aircraft imaginable. No, dad, that's that's not the 747. That's whatever the other one is, 767 maybe. I wonder if it's because the runway isn't long enough to accommodate at this smaller this smaller airport, if it's not large enough to accommodate the 747. These are conversations we had as Trump was speaking last night. Anyway, so Trump's got this going on, lots of you know, a raucous crowd, a lot of energy in his element. You know what he does, right? He just he 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 pokes the bear, he criticizes the media, he points out what Biden, what the left, the radical left is doing, how they're destroying our cities, how they will further destroy this great country, how their ideas take us away from the things that this nation was founded upon. He said last night, I'm the only thing standing between you and your Second Amendment. They want to take that away. Right. And so these are the I mean, he's just in his element. He's in his moment. This thing goes on for as long as they organically need to go on. And so there it is. That's Trump. Right. Doing his thing, rallying the base. Biden. Biden's at a meeting. Looks like he's in a kind of a library setting. I don't know what this building is. But just, you know, a bunch of people sitting down. Biden's got his mask on. Biden, Trump mocked Biden a little bit last night, said that Biden likes to speak with his mask hanging off of one of his ears. And Trump actually asked someone if he could borrow their mask to hang off of his ear. You know, this kind of stuff. No, I don't want your dang mask, he said, that sort of stuff. But anyway, we got Biden. So you contrast that with what Biden said. So Biden's in Kenosha, Wisconsin. This is... Of course, as I mentioned earlier, as you know, where Jacob Blake uh, had that encounter with law enforcement officers on August 23rd and was was shot. He's still, from my understanding, in the hospital. And according to reports, he is paralyzed from the waist down from injuries he received during um, during his confrontation with with officers. So Biden is there, went to Kenosha. This is important. He went to Kenosha because of the shooting. He went to Kenosha because Jacob Blake was shot by police. He went to Kenosha for this very reason. So he's up there holding his microphone, wearing his mask, standing in front of I don't know what I don't know what this is inside. It's not it doesn't have the backdrop, it's not the crowd, there's not the energy, any of that that Trump had. It's just Biden in a microphone and a mask talking about his plans for being president. And I want you to hear how he goes about describing his plans for being president. Listen to this phrase that he uses when he talks about 
sharing his plan or why he can't share details of his plan right now should he be elected president. Listen to the phrase. Again, he's there in Kenosha because of a shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man by law enforcement. Here it is. Listen to this. The tax cut for the top one-tenth of one percent, which is $1,350,000,000, has done nothing to help anybody. Nineteen corporations making a billion dollars apiece don't pay a single penny in taxes. I'm not going to punish anybody, but everybody should pay a fair share. And I can lay out for you. I won't now because they'll shoot me. But here's the deal. I pay for every single thing I'm proposing without raising your taxes one penny. If you make less than 400 grand, you're not going to get a penny tax, and you're going to get a tax cut if you make under $125,000. So it's not we can't do this. We haven't been willing to do this. But I think the public's ready. Okay, so if I lay out my whole plan tonight, Biden says, they'll shoot me, is what he says. Biden is in Kenosha because it's a hotbed. It is a hot mess. There are all sorts of riots and violence and all the stuff that happens in the wake of, uh, of, of these incidents, of these shootings. Even though we've laid out in pretty thorough detail what police were walking into, on the day of August 23rd, we talked about all the other points at which Jacob Blake could have made a decision that would have prevented officers even showing up. And even when they were there, we talked about all the decisions Jacob Blake could have made based upon what is being reported, based upon what we know, all the points at which Jacob Blake could have made a decision that would have avoided his being shot. There's numerous. I would go as far to say there are, I mean, I hadn't, hadn't sat down and counted, but there's there's multiple. There's many. Right? He could have decided not to you know, illegally enter, allegedly, his wife, uh, his, excuse me, his, his ex-girlfriend's home. He could have avoided standing over her. He could have avoided allegedly sexually assaulting and allegedly raping her. He could have avoided, made a decision that didn't include taking her car. He could have, uh, once the report was filed with police by his ex-girlfriend, the mother of three of his children, he could have turned himself in. There's a warrant out for his arrest, right? I mean, he could have not gone to his girlfriend's home on the day in question, August 23rd, He could have, even if he did show up there, and even if he made all those decisions, the terrible decisions that he allegedly had made, he still could have, when the police showed up, he could have stopped and he could have complied with officers. When they showed up and said, why are you here? He could have dropped the knife. He could have not scuffled with officers. He could have, when they first deployed their tasers, he could have stopped then Right When he got up from said scuffle, alleged scuffle, and he ran around the car, when he did that and officers were telling him to stop, he could have stopped. When he began to open the door that they told him not to open, he could have stopped doing that. Police say that he knew 
or that they that they're that they had I think he had said to them from what I've read he had a weapon in the car. He could have stopped opening that door. He could have not lunged and reached inside for something that they couldn't see. Those are all decisions just quickly that I could come up with that could have been made differently that would have avoided this. But the reason that Biden is there or was there is because of the shooting. And so Biden is using it as a, you know, uh, he's using it to, to, you know, step in to try to show he's a leader, that he has solutions, that he has ways to prevent this. And he also wants to talk about his other policies and ideas. Fine. I welcome that because they don't have ideas. They have emotion. And so Biden decides in that setting, being there for the very reason of a shooting, to use the phrase, they'll shoot me if I try to explain really my entire plan up here to you this evening. They'll shoot me. Anyway, a contrast in styles here between President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. I got to take a time out. A little bit long this first segment. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So we've contrasted Trump and Biden, which is really not hard uh, to do. In fact, again, it's why the Democrats don't want, they do not want um, their candidate out there. He says things like, if I tell you about my plan, they'll shoot me when he's at a city because of a shooting. When they're trying to politicize a shooting of someone who clearly based upon what we know, I can understand what might have been going through that officer's mind at the moment based upon everything I shared last segment. Right? I mean, that's, that's, that's not a hard place to get to once you know the facts. When you realize all the things that happened, when you realize, you know, the warrant was out, what they, you know, the, the type of behavior this individual has been alleged to have demonstrated doesn't mean that that gives you right to show up and just shooting, but then that on top of his reaction, right? So they knew it going in. Then they, well, we think they knew it going in. Then they experienced it firsthand, the violence, the fighting, the weapons, or the weapon, the knife, and then the, apparently from what we've been told, the, the statement that, of having a gun in the car, which is where he was running to, I think, I just, I don't understand how any reasonable person any reasonable person can think, I don't know why the cop decided to shoot. Should he have waited? I mean, if he had a gun in his hand, should he have waited until the suspect allegedly, if he had the weapon turned around and fired, would that have been better? I mean, it's just it just defies sense and logic to folks. I'll tell you what else defies sense and logic. What I see here in the background on Fox, which is cities burning down around the country. So Trump, Trump's had enough of this. Trump's basically said, look, we're going to cut federal funding from these cities that are on fire, these cities, incidentally, who are all run by Democrats, in many cases, radical leftists. 
in many cases, in the case of Portland, it's run by a radical leftist, and he's got an election November 3rd. His opponent, his opponent is Antifa. She, I think she's on, I think she's come out and said, I am Antifa. So the radical left isn't even enough for what these folks want. Trump says, I'm not, if you're not going to do anything to stop this nonsense, don't expect us to bail you out. You have responsibilities as whatever, mayors or governors or what have you, to secure your cities. You have the means by which to do it. You have no will to do it. You don't want to make these tough decisions because, and this is sad and sickening to say, it would offend some of their voters to see that they used force to stop this. I'm not saying overwhelming force. I'm not saying go in, as some people have said, which is irresponsible and ridiculous. You don't just go in and use unnecessary force and harm a bunch of people, even if they are acting ridiculous and out of control and violently. If there's a logical um, you know, reason to use force, God forbid, in a particular circumstance, then yes, I will be the one that or one that stands with those individuals in defending themselves. But you just go in to stop it. Just go in to stop it. Regain control of the city. Don't give control to these looters. Don't give in to these rioters, these violent, uh, immoral punks out there who are doing these things. Don't give in to that. The Democrats are finally catching on that they need to separate these two things quickly from the American people so that they are not seen as being in support of this. Because right now, I will tell you, they are seen as being in support of this because they won't stop it. They won't even condemn it in many cases. We've just seen Biden stumble out there and kind of condemn it recently. But that's where we are. So Trump's out there saying, look, we're not going to have any more of this. Going to cut funding, federal funding, if you... um, You know, if if you can't get control of your city, if you're not going to put forth an effort. So then we have New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Remember, Andrew Cuomo for a while, for a little while, was the darling of the media. They, They actually were lamenting the fact that he was not their nominee for president. They thought the the way this guy is handling COVID, this is a thing of beauty. And the rest of us who lived in reality thought, you got to be kidding me. It's a, I mean, this is the poster child of what not to do. And now we're still finding out information, piecing together really the the depth and level of what was mismanaged in this tragic situation with elderly individuals in New York, how they were handled, how they were basically forced to go to places where they contracted COVID because of Cuomo's policies. I mean, it's it's just insane. He was held up as, at one point in time, people said, man, if this guy, there's a way to get Cuomo on that ballot instead of Biden. This was a literal discussion that we had had on this program because it was a literal discussion that they were having amongst themselves as Democrats. So that same guy who was, who was, heralded as a champion, a COVID champion, he is now on the record as saying, this is what he said, Trump, (laughs) 
it, it it goes to prove who they they know who they're the Democrat Party in these in these liberal states or liberal cities they know who a big portion of their base is it is the violent rioters that is their base a part a portion of their base so Cuomo. Cuomo says this about Trump. He can't have enough bodyguards to walk through New York City. Forget bodyguards. He'd better have an army if he thinks he's going to walk down the streets in New York. He is persona non grata in New York City, and I think he knows it, and he'll never come back to New York because New Yorkers will never forget how gratuitously mean he has been, end quote, Governor Andrew Cuomo from the state of New York. Trump's going to need an army to walk down the street because why? I mean, you don't need an army if people are just going to boo, just going to voice their discontent. You only need an army if it's if you're being physically threatened. I mean, Cuomo's admitting here, hey, the people of New York City are violently against Donald Trump. And it's I'm telling you, they, they justify it. They really believe, hey, you know what? I think it's the right thing to do. I don't think that, but I'm telling you, this is almost, I would go as far to say this is how they present this sometime. I mean, look, after all, Trump is Hitler, they say. Trump is a fascist, a totalitarian. He's the greatest single threat to our system of government. They'll say our democracy and the history history of our nation. People should hate him is how this thinking goes. In fact, they should be so infuriated with him that they should want to call cause him physical harm. Again, this is the thinking. It's completely morally bankrupt. It's a complete disaster, a complete mess. But this is what they think, telling you this is what they think. And this is where things like the hashtag, uh, what is it, wrong Trump came from. Wrong Trump, basically saying his brother died, excuse me, his brother died, but the wrong Trump died. This is what they think. This is who they are. This is the base. Cuomo knows it. The left knows it. They're in a pickle here because they want to come out and they want to get people who are in the middle, reasonable people who for some reason haven't been convinced that Biden's the wrong choice or whatever. But anyway, reasonable people are not going to buy into the notion that the president of the United States should have to have an army of people walk him down New York City because because of the threats posed to him by individuals in new york city why is that a good thing reasonable people know that cities burning to the ground is not the answer for anything that we face in america today but they're stuck do we upset this very energized port the only energized portion of our base who's burning stuff down or do we come out and say what they're doing is wrong thereby thereby really um, firing up that portion of the base even more. Uh, no pun intended, but hey, um, you know, just the way, just the way that it is. Got to take a timeout. You're listening here, to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Yesterday, <laughs> Kaylee McEnany. I like I like Kaylee McEnany. She she is a feisty, fiery uh, press secretary for President Trump. And yesterday, 
Yesterday, she held a presser, and she started the presser. She she had a video loop of Nancy Pelosi, right? Nancy Pelosi in that hair salon. I've since realized, I didn't know this, they... Hair salons did reopen September 1st. Keep in mind, this was still August 31st. So it was before the opening day, but they're open for outdoor services. I didn't, well, that wasn't clear to me. I just knew that it wasn't open yet. She went in for special treatment. They're only open for outdoor services. So she had this, Kaylee McEnany, playing this. In the background of her presser, I love it. By the way, I love this. You know why? That you know why I love this because the media simply refuses to acknowledge these things. This is egregious. What Nancy Pelosi has done. Not only did she, I mean, Democrat policies have shut all these places down. You can say COVID shut it down, but a lot of places now are functioning with you know. You, there's a lot of life that is back. I don't want to say too normal because it is a different world post-COVID. But in a lot of respects, a lot of things are more normal than they were back, say, in April, for example. So there's ways to do this. But the Democrats say no. Democrats like Nancy Pelosi. So she's got this on loop. She is, in my estimation, at least... I mean, she's not directly responsible for the policies that have been set in local communities in California, although she is the most powerful Democrat legislator in the country. And the idea that she doesn't have anything to do with this mentality, the way that this is approached, these extreme tactics and so forth is is absurd. But they don't apply to her. Those rules apply to the rest of us idiots. The rest of us masses, we're not in the elite group. We're not part of the ruling class. Instead, we're a bunch of hayseed hicks, idiots who are not part of the exclusive club. Nancy Pelosi is. She has to look good. She needs to go get her hair done. She needs to make sure that she's taking good care of herself for her television appearances as Mayor Lightfoot told us from Chicago when she was caught doing effectively the same thing. But this is what Kayla McEnany says at her press conference yesterday, at her presser yesterday, when she's playing this loop of Nancy Pelosi in the salon. So she's not supposed to be there. Nancy Pelosi says, I've been set up. I've been set up. I've been, it's been a sting operation to take me out, take me down. Even though you requested the appointment, even though you know the rules, even though you asked for the special treatment, even though you weren't wearing your mask inside, even though you want to talk about social distancing and how Trump is the problem and all this stuff, you behave like this. The rules don't apply to you. It shows us what they really think about COVID, by the way. I mean, she was totally at ease walking around in that hair salon, getting pampered and taken care of while the rest of people rest of the people in that part of the state, that part of the country, the People's Republic of California are unable are unable to get anything remotely close to the services provided to Nancy Pelosi. So, Kaylee McEnany says, Nancy Pelosi was not in the halls of Congress when I asked where she was. She was not working in good faith to make a deal for the American people. Nope. 
Nancy Pelosi was found in San Francisco at a hair salon where she was indoors, even though salons in California are only open for outdoor service. Apparently, the rules do not apply to Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Again, this is what Kaylee McEnany says. She uh, she wants small businesses to to stay shut down, but only reopen for her convenience. Do as I say, not as I do, says Nancy Pelosi. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats and the Senate Democrats, for that matter, are doing everything they can to hold up any other whatever's happening in Congress, specifically coronavirus relief, which is another debate altogether. But regardless, they're trying to uh, – they're not acting in good faith. They're not, they're not being, as they put it, public servants. Oh, no. No, she is using her position, her authority to make sure she gets special treatment. This is the most egregious sort of thing we could expect from a politician, using their personal power for personal gain. Yes, it is just a haircut, but at the same time, at the same time, it's something that many Americans have been prevented from getting because of some reaction to COVID and the spread and all that sort of stuff. But you can see how little concern Nancy Pelosi has about the spread of coronavirus as she's waltzing around the the salon. Part of a sting operation, of course. <laughs> pathetic. What a pathetic leader. That's just that's absolutely reprehensible. Just admit your fault. They're never gonna do this. And they're never gonna demand that she do it. But just admit your fault. It's so blatantly obvious. Uh, anyway, there you go. Enjoy the Kate. I really appreciated Kaylee McEnany doing that because this sort of thing needs to happen more often to highlight the hypocrisy we're seeing from our politicians and the way that the complicit media covers it up if they are of a certain political party. Sit tight. More when we return. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. folks welcome back welcome back so um you know there's a couple of other things it's um you know labor day weekend is this weekend um there's some other stories i wanted to get to but I, we're at that you know the, the the end of end of this program so i can't really jump into too many of them so I'll, i want to i wanted to at least mention this did you see <laughs> President Trump, um, this was on, I think this was maybe Wednesday. He was in North Carolina. It could have been Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, he's out there in North Carolina, and he says, well, I want you to hear what he says because it's been a little bit misconstrued, but it's not incorrect what they're saying he's he's saying. he's He's really... He's he's raising questions and concerns, and he's he's bringing this focus onto the issue of voter fraud, vote by mail, some of the weaknesses of vote by mail, and he's out there basically saying, "Hey, um, you can in North Carolina, you can send it, <laughs> send in your ballot." I just the, the soundbite here is not queuing up, but he says you can send in your ballot, and then to make sure. To make sure that it counts, go to the polls on election day. 
go to the polls on election day. So send your ballot in. This is what he says in North Carolina. But I, lo- I love what he's done here. He's, he's illustrating some of the problems here. And he says, look, go in there, try to vote if you're worried about whether or not your vote counted or not. You know, if, if they've already counted it, you're going to be pulled off of the rolls for um, for having already voted. If they let you vote, then that means your vote hasn't come through and it hasn't counted, so you better go ahead and vote. I mean, that's the paraphrase of it. Of course, this upsets people. Trump's telling people to vote twice. Meanwhile, I'm watching. I literally watched my wife and I. My wife and I watched Rahm Emanuel on one of the nights of one of the conventions. Right, the talking heads at ABC News. Rahm Emanuel literally said, in Chicago, we have a phrase, vote often and vote early. Again, I always thought it was vote early, vote often. But nonetheless, Rahm says, vote often, vote early. No big deal. This is this is expected. I guess this is expected from the Democrats. This is what they, yeah, of course, vote often, vote early. What else would we expect? Trump goes out there and says, hey, send in your ballots, send them in early, but just as a safe a safeguard, go to the polls on election day too. If they let you in, if they let you in, then you your vote wasn't counted. So you can go ahead and cast your vote just as a as a safety precaution, as a backup. People are all upset about this. But wait a minute. I thought that this was the most secure. I thought voting by mail didn't cause any problems. This is what Trump does so beautifully. He he puts it into the spotlight. And if it works as perfectly as they tell them to, those, those folks who do that, his supporters who would do that, are only going to get one vote. It's secure. It's under control. They've got the systems in place. What do we have to fear, right? But to his point, if you're worried about your vote counting and you show up in your name, you know you can still cast a ballot under your name, then that would lead one to believe that your vote hasn't been counted, I thought this system was flawless. If I mean, if it is flawless, what do they have to worry about? If it's flawless, if the folks who heard Trump <laughs> in, in North Carolina said, "Yeah, hey, I'm going to send in my ballot and try to vote," Trump's like, "No, no, no, we're not trying to vote twice. We're just simply making sure we want you to take precautions to make sure that your vote is counted once. We don't want two. If this thing works as well as they say it does, you should be able you." If your vote is counted, they'll say, no, no, you've already voted. And you'll say, okay, just want to check. Oh, man, I love this sort of stuff. I got to take a break. <laughs> Come back and wrap up here for the week. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Just like that, folks, the week is coming to an end here. I know it's a sad moment, but you don't have to be sad. You can go to the website. You can look at archived episodes of the program, toddhuffshow.com slash listen. You can sign up for our free, free, that's right. I know conservative, you like the word free. I like the word free as well, but our free weekly email newsletter, that's simple to do as well. All you have to do is go to toddhuffshow.com slash subscribe, enter your email address, and boom, boom, you'll be getting our weekly email newsletter. That's another thing you can do, and um, yeah, you can do that today. That'll help you get through the Labor Day weekend. I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend, by the way, folks. Hope you enjoy it, see family, maybe take a trip, whatever. 
Hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. I appreciate you listening here, joining us. No hour two today. It's kind of our kickoff of the beginning of Labor Day weekend, but we'll be back at it in full force starting on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you soon.